All right, guys, don't judge me, but I'm drinking white wine on this podcast, and that's because I'm the only one that's allowed to drink wine in my house currently, and we had to use it for cooking uh, shrimp scampi tonight. And the, uh, yeah, that's literally why I'm drinking this. But I, I don't diss the white wine. I don't want anybody to judge me for that. I, I know I, I love red wine better, but I don't mind some white wine. It gets a lot of backlash these days. White it's wine is fantastic. Yeah. It's definitely inferior, but yes. <laughs> exactly. It's all right. You're definitely uh, a little pansy, but yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, uh, but no. The, the one of the things I wanted to uh, uh, announce here on the podcast is that uh, I'm going to be a dad. Uh, you guys have all known this already, uh, but uh, for everybody else who's out there maybe listening, but I just found Whoa. out uh, about three months ago before lockdown. This is not a Rona baby. This is a regular old 2020 baby. Uh, not a my Sharona. Uh, can you give us details on how that happened? Oh. Uh, well, let me explain in detail. Uh, but that was one big development for this episode. The other big development is that we have a new guest on this podcast, actually, that we've never had before, and he's around here somewhere. He'll he'll join any second now. But no, <laughs> it is uh, Jesse Bilston, everybody. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Ooh. hello. Hi. Jesse Bilstein. <laughs> That's all he's going to say. <laughs> Von Wiederstein. Von Wiederstein. Yes, I am a, a, a cousin-in-law there to you two go. of you. One of you? <laughs> uh, I know that you're, you're technically Luke's brother-in-law, correct? Correct. And then the rest of us, I guess, we're cousin-in-laws. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the. I still term. beat a criteria. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I know another cousin-in-law. You might be the only one I know of. I'm sure we have some. I just can't think of any right now. Is there another cousin-in-law we have? Pull out the family tree. Yeah, like we've gotten uh, rid of all of them. They've been pruned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only one left. There's only exactly. one left. <laughs> I don't know who it is, uh, but. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today on this show was the fact that now that three out of five of us on the show are dads, we <laughs> wanted to, or at least I wanted to, delve into the topics of life lessons. Because obviously I'm starting to gear up to be a dad. Jesse's a dad. Luke's been a dad for a while. Uh, Joel and Cody do not have kids yet. <laughs> we'll we are see. kids. We'll that, that we know of. Yeah. We are children. <laughs> we are, we are children. children of the corn. <laughs> children of the corn. Uh but we thought maybe, I know we're not like wise sages, we're all in our 30s, it's not like we have uh, amazing advice we can give out, but we wanted to talk about life lessons. <laughs> Let's, yes, uh, 30s, <laughs> 30s, definitely in my 30s. You, oh, something like that. <laughs> that something definitely, around. Definitely some, not born in the 70s. Somewhere around <laughs> there. <enough>, Jesse. <laughs> how, how old are we supposed to, are, how old are, are you, Jesse? Uh, I was born one year after Star Wars A New Hope came out. Whoa, dude. I had no idea you were that old. <laughs> dude, you were aging. 68? You were aging incredibly well. Yeah. Thank no, you, dude, my friend. Dude looks younger than me. It's, Seriously. It's insane. Are you, are you being serious right now? I, I am have, dead serious, yeah. I, I am shocked, man. I thought for sure you're like... I thought you were like maybe my age or younger, dude. You're aging. Oh, dude, I'm doing terrible. <laughs> this isn't going well. Well, this is fantastic. I'll take these compliments all day long. We <laughs> yeah. just keep this rolling. Yes. Every night before Jesse goes to bed, he just dips his face in oil. Yeah. <laughs> Drinks the elixir yeah. of unicorn blood. Canola oil. Canola Corn blood. Canola oil. <laughs> yeah, my secret is to stay indoors and play video games a lot. Uh, there it is. Well, then we should all be doing this well then. I don't know. Something's not yeah. going right. Uh, but all right. Well, most of us are in our thirties. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm still like speechless. I can't believe I had no idea. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, okay, well, uh, nonetheless, that means you have more wisdom probably than the rest of us because you've been around a lot. I've longer. made a lot of mistakes, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Even better. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the things we want to talk about is actually just like if, regardless if we have a kid or don't have a kid, what would be something that if we all did. What would be like I, I life hope you're lessons? having a kid. I, I, I hope so too. I mean, that's what she tells me. I'm still, I'm still waiting for Mari to call me back to make sure we can get this all cleared up. But you are not the father. You are. Oh, um, but I want to see like what you guys take, especially from Luke and Jesse. I don't care what Joel and Cody have to say. In fact, you guys can leave this podcast. Get out of here. Yay! Oh, thank God. All right. See you guys tomorrow. No. <laughs> Palm Springs, um, right? But I just wanted, like, obviously I'm thinking about becoming a dad here, so I'm trying to think of, like, all the life lessons that I could pass on to my kid, and you also, like, we could also talk about the things that we've gotten from our folks, and maybe some of the things that we disagreed with, maybe some of the things that we did agree with, because I know, like, oh, it's all cliche that 
a lot of parenting is just doing what your parents did, but I think sometimes you have to break the mold a little bit of things that you're like, no, I don't think that's probably the way that should have been done. I mean, I think we all assume that our parents were well-intentioned. They were doing their best they could, and no parent is perfect. But if there was something that we could change, what would be like a life lesson? I don't know. It's maybe a vague question, but maybe to be more specific, uh, where, what would be where, like a... Go ahead. Where do we begin, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> Do we start at like the, the normally appropriate level and then you dive deep into the not appropriate level? <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. Let's, start, let's start with baby steps here. All right. All right. Well, steps. what would be like a, a life lesson you would give to your kids for dating? For like, this is not necessarily something that is that you have to wait till like they're a teenager or something like that. Little kids have like crushes. Now, they're not going to date, of course. It's inappropriate. But like, there's obviously like attractions that human beings have to other human beings when they're really young. So what would be like a life lesson you would give to your kid? I guess when they would start uh, to date or at least it would be appropriate because again, like I, I would, I wouldn't do like the elementary school, like, Oh, the girl hit me. And it's like, no, that means that, you know, she likes you. It's like, oh, okay, we all know that. That's not necessarily like something profound. What would be something that you could pass on that would actually be useful? <laughs> I want to know actually what, so I mean, we all we all had our parents like say say these things, these little pearls of wisdom mm-hmm. to us. I want to start there. Like, wh- what did we like? W- what did we learn from our parents that we thought was weird or, or funny? And then and then maybe me and Jesse will dive in. I, uh, we I, uh, we dropped a Cody. Oh no, we dropped a Joel. I think we lost oh, him. Joel, oh, Joel sorry, left. we dropped a Joel. Dropped a Joel. We dropped a Joel. He'll be back in a second. Joel pieced out. Uh, yeah, I don't know so what advice, happened to Joel, but... Advice our parents gave us? Yeah, advice yeah. our parents gave us. Yeah, Joel joined back in a second. His internet apparently dropped out. Uh, but yeah, advice our parents gave us. But I guess as far as like, what would be something that you guys can remember that your parents told you that you're like, do this, and then you know, maybe like reflecting back on that. My parents gave me the same advice over and over and over again, but it changed like the meaning of it to me changed as I kind of processed it from young adult to adult to mature adult. And it was essentially, uh, whoever you are dating now is not going to be the person that you end up with. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And I, when I was super young, I was like, yeah, of course, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you get a little bit older and you're like, well, how do you know? Yeah. You know, like I really like this person. Like I can't stop thinking about them. Like mm-hmm. this is obviously who I'm going to marry. Mm-hmm. And then like as you get a, a little bit more mature, you're like, yeah, I'm probably not going to end up with anybody because I'm pretty messed up. Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully I find somebody yeah. who likes me. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I I feel like I I feel the same. Like I I feel like it was a lot of like, you know, don't don't invest you know, so much time and energy or whatever, like don't, don't take it so seriously kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of agree with that. I think it was a lot of that, but again, at that age, like high school and, and that kind of band of age, you're just like, you're like, uh, you're not thinking about any advice at all. <laughs> That's not what you're thinking about. <laughs> no, right. That's the last you're, thing you're thinking You're in about. a different headspace in high school. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. When you do have like a, a crush, you can't stop thinking about them. Right. Yes. At all. Like all day, every day. That's all you can think about. You're like, I couldn't care less what Napoleon Bonaparte did in this time frame. All I'm thinking about is what that girl is going to do as soon as we walk out of this classroom. Will I say hi to her type of thing? Yeah. So priorities. But uh, Cody, what what was something that dad told you that really stood out to you that you remember very specifically and you go, man, this is it. Man's got some Um, pearls. Propose. He told me to propose three weeks into dating. So <laughs> this is true. Our dad has been very much encouraging that we uh, get married as quickly as possible. Um, I, I believe in love at first sight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I imagine that. Like, I mean, obviously, our dad is well intentioned in that, but maybe that would be something that we would completely disagree with him on. Which is, uh, at least, like this would be something that I would tell my kid: is that when it comes to dating. Like there, there's two categories and you have to understand what category you're going to fall into. Are you dating just because you want to get out and have fun and just meet people or are you dating for marriage? And like, I feel like you have to distinguish which one of those are or like which category you fall into. If you're dating for fun, 
like we could go into the inappropriate stuff where it's like, all right, buddy, we, I, I think we, especially, I think maybe this is a different conversation between if you have a son or a daughter, there's a whole different uh, category of things you could say, but I know as far as like yeah. a profound lesson that I could tell, like, cause I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a baby boy. I would tell him at least when he got older enough to date, I'd be like, listen, I, my life lesson is at least from my perspective is that if you don't agree with this woman on religion, politics, money, and kids, there's a very good chance it's not going to work out. <laughs> very good chance it's not going to work out. I'm not saying or it can't. Or something else has to be exceptionally good. Yes. 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 You guys have to be the most nonchalant, rela- laid-back people ever. Then maybe there's a chance. But if you don't agree on those four things, even if one of them is out of sync, it's still bad news. It's like, uh, yeah. I, I think those all things are actually kind of intertwined a little bit. They all kind of coincide with each other a little bit. Um, so that'd be one piece of dating advice I'd give. Uh, what about you, Joel? Never heard from you. You dropped out. You left. Yeah, I got bored. Um, <laughs> you too. <laughs> dating advice. Yeah, you're a married man. How oh, God, your child. <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't really remember anything either, Joel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, That's why it's so difficult. Because I'm like, what am I gonna tell my kid? I haven't learned anything. I feel, I feel like I feel like our mom and dad were just like, you got a girl. I know. Yeah. No. Seriously, it, I don't think we, they gave us any advice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was just like they were very happy that we actually found somebody who talked to us, <laughs> and they didn't really care. Uh, and I kind of still feel like that today. <laughs> That just stuck with me. If I wasn't with Anissa, uh, I'd just be super happy that somebody was talking to me. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be thinking like. I don't know. When I when I was dating, it wasn't like constantly like, what do I need to do to make sure this works out? It was just like this is the best time of my life, and then when that wears off, and like the first big fight happens. Mm-hmm. Then like emotions really set in where you're just like where all of a sudden you can't trust him because like for me it was like I get super angry and then all logic goes out the window I'm like I just can't I can't be with this person for the rest of my life <laughs> but logically I know I'm like I've been with them for a year now and just today I've decided I can't <laughs> yeah. do it just because right. of this one fight right so I think I guess my only advice would be like try as best you can to be as level headed about everything that's a that's a huge one that's a huge one like take everything with like a a a dose of perspective Mm -hmm. because like you can get so pissed at someone that you want to just like okay i could murder this person right now and (laughs) i would be happy about it but it's like yeah give it 30 seconds and you'll probably feel different (laughs) right (laughs) you know yeah, don't yeah, don't let don't get on the the emotional roller coaster for very long. Yeah, try to get off. And in our parents' defense, like I mean, I I hear what you're saying about like they just I mean it's a common theme amongst our folks at least that they literally just were pushing us constantly like get married, something out, have kids, so we can have grandkids. Like it's just been a reoccurring cliche at this point. But in their defense, I I I doubt it would be much better if they were really picky about it. It'd probably be worse if they were just like this girl just ain't gonna do. Like you gotta send her back. That that would have caused a whole set of problems. Uh, but I don't know. I, I I hear the complaints at least. And Joel, you have a cat behind your head apparently. Yep. Yeah. Or did. Or did. Oh, uh, there did. was a second ago. Disappeared. Yeah. Do you, Do you agree with this, Jesse? Or what was your folks like? Would they, did they tell you any solid dating advice? Oh, so I was raised out in the middle of nowhere by two <laughs> raging hippies. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. No, no girl I ever brought home was good enough for mom. Mm. Uh, and dad just told me to date as much as possible, <laughs> wow. but loved every girl I brought home and thought that that was the Jeez. one. What a wow. great, what a great dynamic dynamic. Yeah. There. So, uh, Jeez. being raised like, by feral wolves and, uh, in poison Oak. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I definitely was not pushed in any sense it was more the opposite it's like don't settle down you know once it's after like three months get rid of her find mm-hmm. a new one <laughs> I, I i've so so for the rest of the for the rest of the crew here i've been to the to the house that jesse grew up in it is literally like if you drive to the top of the 33 and then keep going to the top of the mountain and then there's like a random house at the top that's where Jesse lived. Like it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I did. I got three channels, one of which 
was a, a religious like broadcast probably from some sort of cult in the middle of nowhere <laughs> we had to like have the you know the bunny rabbit ears on the television mm-hmm. and you had to change the bunny rabbit ears to get you know different channels mm-hmm. and then we had uh we had nbc and uh abc and then cbs wow. every once in a while and then on that wow. i just built tree forts and got poison oak over and over, and over again oh dude i, I <laughs> hear you my childhood oak. <laughs> Poison Oak is the worst. Oh man, I hate it. Well, dude, yeah. I, I'm learning more and more about you all the time, Jesse. I, I'm just like the the well keeps getting deeper. I'm like, dude, how old are you? <laughs> you live where? Holy crap! <laughs> the story just gets more and more interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, well, I guess another like I think we all kind of like a general theme here. Go with dating. What would be like a life lesson you guys would have for like success? Like when it comes to work ethic. Like what would be something that you guys? Because I, I think at least. I know I can speak for us. I don't know if I can speak for you, Jesse, because, again, I'm learning more and more about you all the time. Our dads, at least, were very hard workers. And I know we can say that about them. Those guys worked their butts off, and they still do to this day. So they've been good role models in that sense. Uh, but I don't know if there's necessarily, like, any wisdom they passed on, per se, about work itself. Um, I mean, we could do an old cliche and just say, like, there's no substitute for hard work. But, I mean, you can learn that literally anywhere. Uh but I guess, would you guys have any life lessons you guys would expose? I'm trying to think of a word here. Uh, uh, I, I, proclaim I think, from the top of the mountain. I mean, I think I, I agree, Dylan. Like, obviously, our dads are like very, very similar, right? They mm-hmm. they worked, they worked to themselves to the bone, and mm-hmm. they and they like instilled that into us, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you have to work yourself like a dog in order to kind of earn your keep. Right. Which I think is a noble, is a noble thing. Mm -hmm. But as I kind of, as I get older and more mature and I meet and I meet different people and kind of branch out a little bit, Jesse's been a big help in this is the ability to work smart. Yes. Yes. That's, that's kind of a a newer concept to me. Mm -hmm. Like, You can work hard digging ditches your entire life mm-hmm. and make minimum wage. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's not a rewarding job in different ways. Um, right. But I think I'm learning slowly the value in like the value of my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what it's really worth. Right. And like mm-hmm. and like what what can actually come of that. It's mm-hmm. not it's not it's not worth working 30 years at a job and just like getting like a mediocre pension. Mm-hmm. Because you can do so much more with that. Yeah. Just you want to add on to that cuz it sounds like you know like I'm it, you, you you I mean I don't know if we're allowed to say it but you work for GoDaddy, right? Yes. All right. Yeah, you can you can say literally anything about me. Again, learning more and more. So I, I'm assuming uh, you get to that level by working like you said working smart cuz I agree with everything Luke just said, which is I think a generation ago, or at least maybe not, I mean, that's overgeneralizing a little bit, but our family and the roots of our family kind of come from not so much higher education, not so much white collar, but very good, earnest working blue collar family. Uh, but like you said, like there's a, re- a limit to that of at least an income. And I think there's something to be said for that. So maybe you can add more onto that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it's, I, I know Ray fairly well. Mm-hmm. obviously not as well as two of the people on this call <laughs> yeah. um, and probably not nearly as well as the other four people on this call. <laughs> yeah. uh, but a lot of the same values that Ray uh, exhibits, mm. uh, my, my father also exhibited. He was mm. an exceptionally, still is an exceptionally hard worker, uh, small business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, just a little background. He was uh, an architecture major from Cal Poly who uh, came from Fresno uh, not Fres, yes, but Fres, nope. Um, <laughs> I came over to the beautiful uh, area of uh, San Luis Obispo, the Central Coast. Mm. Got enamored with the area. Um, graduated from architecture, went back over to Fresno to design parking lots. Decided that was a terrible thing and did not want to do that ever for the rest <laughs> of his life. And decided to make jewelry uh, for the rest of his life. So, wow. um, definitely hard worker. Spun up his own business. Grew it to like two, two, three shops. One down in Santa Barbara and two up in San Luis Obispo. Whoa. Um, so definitely, you know, grounded out, um, mm-hmm. and that, you know, uh, work ethic, he definitely passed on to me. 
Mm. Um, there was definitely a push to get a job very early um, mm. and to make my own money. And a lot of the the things that I, like I, I had an allowance, but it was not a very small, or it wasn't a very big allowance. Like it was like, I couldn't exactly do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like a dollar a week or something like that. Um, so it was enough if you like saved up and saved up and saved up, you might be able to go to the movies in like a couple months. Um, <laughs> but everything else was chores around the house. So yeah. everything around the house, like I could, you know, I learned to, to wash a car really, really well. Mm-hmm. And he paid me, uh, based on the performance of the car. So like how well it was. Mm-hmm. So like if I just did the outside, I maybe only got like three or four bucks. But if I like vacuumed the inside, then I got like five, six, seven bucks. Mm-hmm. And then if I like wiped it all down and like polished everything and like did the wheels, like, so it was kind of this early, um, I would say life lesson of the amount of effort that you put into something, you know, sets the amount of monetary uh, compensation that you get. Right. Uh, but then he also, um, once I reached a certain age, uh, as Luke was kind of alluding to really tried to teach me, um, about like passive income, you know, how do you, how do you create something that, uh, can act as a safety net for you, like in between mm-hmm. jobs or at some point when you are, uh, ready to, to retire, how can you, can you set up something that will actually be making you money in the, uh, in the, passively on the back end. And for him, that was real estate. He was able to Mm. essentially pay for everything in the family, uh, from real estate. And so I learned a lot uh, about real estate from him growing up. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, I, it's funny because you mentioned about like, I've tried to tell people before too. And I mean, people might disagree with me about this, but I've always thought like when, when it comes to retirement, I always thought it was like a really bad plan to just build up a 401k, get to a certain age, and then just start taking it all, and hopefully you don't run out before you die. I just thought, like, that's a bad plan. Like, I wouldn't do that. Like That, that is a bad plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, just, it, it doesn't seem like that's a good, wise move, and, and so many people do it. And, I mean, I'm not bashing 401ks. I think they're all right, but... It, well, just the way that you said it sounded bad. I mean, like, <laughs> you build up enough to where you're not having to take it out of the 401k. The 401k yeah. is just paying you, and it's not getting smaller, then that sounds like a great idea. Right, exactly. And I think that's kind of where, like, I think people need to realize that retirement is not just building up one big savings account and then, ex- you know, spending all of it before you die. Like, I, I think you need to have some sort of passive income that is not depleting before you die. <laughs> you, exactly. And I, I think that's a much wiser move. And where do you get that from? And there's a bunch of different ways on how to do that. Um, I know that uh, one person who's really smart with money around here is Cody, actually, as a matter of fact, uh, not to uh, get too much into the details of things. but Yeah, but he's asleep, so... Yeah, <laughs> we, we lost he's investing right now. now. He's actually uh, trading <laughs> options on the... Uh... I, was just, I was just buying, you know, some stocks. Tesla stock? <laughs> Even though the market's closed. After hours trading. You were buying yeah. uh, Bitcoin? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, cryptocurrencies? yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I want to know, uh, just real quick side note, uh, Jesse, are you a fan of cryptocurrencies? Uh, yes, Ooh. I don't own or trade uh, very much of them, uh, but I am a fan of them. Um, they tickle the libertarian bone uh, that has grown smaller and smaller as I've gotten older and older. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's still ticklish. Okay, a little ticklish. But all right. Anyway, uh, back on track. Well, I don't know if you knew this about Cody Jesse, but he just completed a movie that took him 13 years, and that to me is like the definition of hard work. <laughs> like that, that, that's where like I get I persistence. Like, yeah, that is yeah. persistence, and like that's the definition of like I, I don't know where passion and hard work meet, but. Maybe they're like kind of parallel with each other, but I just know like that type of dedication is a whole other level of patience that I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. Because like I, I look at like our dads who work these jobs that it's debatable whether or not they actually liked them or didn't. I mean, I, I'm assuming they weren't passionate about it, but I think they were fulfilled in taking care of their families. I think that's a happy medium. But I think as far as what Cody's doing over here, it's like that's a whole other level of like, dude, just 13 years not getting paid to do this just i'm gonna make this thing well that's the that's the story of an artist right like mm-hmm. the starving artist even though cody's not starving the, no 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 i'm the, starving st- the story <laughs> of an artist like oh yeah, yeah. someone so, someone you know you're you're willing to sacrifice for your art like that's that's what it that's, is a lot of people yeah that's it's kind of the great risk though right it's like that's the startup dream i mean there's a lot yeah. of the young kids that are the whole Silicon Valley is like based on that where it's like, okay, 17 from 17 to base, probably 25. They're just pushing them to, to create a company, create a company, create a company, work for free, 
build up a whole bunch of capital and then hopefully it turns into something profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, if you couldn't guess what we're trying to do with this podcast, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should get your advice as to what we should do differently outside of, uh, you know, maybe inviting Cody back on the podcast constantly. <laughs> Talking to me. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> yeah. We can go through that. Um, but uh, Cody, what would be a life lesson you would give about work? Since you're you're a good model for you know persistence in. I mean, it took Michelangelo ten years to create the Sistine Chapel. It took you thirteen <laughs> years to create one movie. That's a lot of patience, my man. About work? Yeah. How many versions of Premiere came out in that in that time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, it's I started in iMovie, so then it went through Final Cut, and then it went through Premiere. So I went through three editing applications in that thirteen years. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not he's not joking yeah. i know he's not joking that's that's a lot of extra work yeah, yeah. but that, um, that's the dedication that's what that did is did you have to reshoot anything or resample or oh was... yeah, that's that's the biggest reason why it took that long is because i did go back probably 25 times uh, it was digital right like it was like a cgi yeah so you, did you start it in like 480 and then go to 720 and then go to 1080? <laughs> Pretty much. I started out, yeah, 480. Exactly. In iMovie. Seriously? <laughs> three. That's so wild. Yeah. Yep. And, and the best uh, part of this whole thing is that Cody's working on a sequel. He, he wasn't done. He was like, there's got to be a trilogy. I'm like, that's a whole other level, man. And I, and I finished the first scene today. Oh, Number one down. No, I, I, but here's, this is the lesson in working smart though. Cody learned and he's, he's got, you know, a team of people working now and here we are, what, a month in and you already have a scene done. So it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. this obviously is going to be a way faster process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, How long would that scene have taken you if you did it? Uh, well, I actually did do this one by myself cause it was easy enough to do. Um, but it probably would have taken a little longer, probably twice as long, two months to do. Just, that's crazy, man. Just that again, like I maybe like this is maybe an apples to oranges a little bit because when it comes to the work that you have to do, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily be willing to put that much time into something if they were not that passionate about it. Um, and like you said, maybe this is where like the the working smart applies because you need to be able to do that in order to be more efficient, but it, maybe it didn't matter to you because you're like, Hey, listen, I, you, you got to learn as you go too. I mean, you're not going to have all the answers from the get go, especially when it does mm-hmm. take that long, you do have parameters of technology uh, that are outpacing you with, uh, with everything going on. So you have to consider that as well. It teaches you a lot about uh, time management and uh, yes. what is important. Mm-hmm. There's an infinite amount of money in the world, but not an infinite amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, yeah it goes back to Luke's comment about uh, time value money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's learning how valuable his time is versus. Well, I, I think people forget too that it's the old cliche like time is money. Like you, you have to factor that into everything you do. I mean, there's. I mean, right now, like we could be doing something else that is probably making us money even though we all are making this podcast, right, guys? <laughs> That's what we want to tell people. Uh, but, like, yeah, we have to consider all the factors when it comes to things, especially as we get older. Like, we don't have all the time in the world. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get so grim about it, but we aren't, we're not going to make it one day. Like, someday it's just all going to end, so we have to, like, value our time a little bit better, especially when you start having kids. I think you have to consider those that time as well. It's like, all right, I got to every day I look at the calendar and be like, how much time? I, there's actually a guy that I follow on uh, – uh, online, uh, a political person, and he says that he literally blocks off time for his kids. Like yeah. he's like, like I have to schedule time like on my calendar. Be like, all right, I'm gonna spend time with my kids from here. And yeah. it, it seems like it's just a weird concept to people, but it's like, yeah, I think you literally have to do that to be the most efficient person you can. And it's uh, with like I don't, I mean, I don't do that. I don't, I don't block off time for for mm-hmm. my daughter, but. I like I have to you have to really focus on and Dylan this is some advice you have to really focus on like that time right especially Mm -hmm. when they're talking and walking around and asking questions and all that stuff because it it is exhausting it's exhausting Mm -hmm. I in fact I shared (laughs) I shared I shared a meme with Jesse the other the other day which was like Yoda in Return of the Jedi 
and uh, and basically it was saying like Luke asks so many questions that Yoda just up and dies in Return of the Jedi. He's just like he just takes a deep breath and then he's like, he's like I'm done. I'm I can't. Done. I can't. I can't handle this. That's how. That's how being a parent feels, especially to a toddler who's like asking the questions, right? Mm-hmm. But like you have to take a deep breath and you have to like cherish it, right? Mm-hmm. And like think about the answers that you're giving because I feel like it's so easy to just brush it off and be like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm tired. I don't know. I don't care. You're mm-hmm. asking dumb questions. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. But like those questions are like the foundation of what that child believes and knows. So it's like you have to, you have to realize and recognize that like you're in, you're in the best time. Mm-hmm. And you're in the golden age of that child's like life, and you you have to like really take the time to okay, all right. You're asking me about like dirt and why dirt exists, you know? <laughs> like, okay, like, this uh... is dumb, but like okay, I'm gonna try and I, you have to try and like give the answer yeah, as yeah. best you can. You you're know? like, do you want the religious answer or the scientific answer? Which one do you <laughs> yeah. want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which one so, do you Luke, want? Luke, you're hitting on something that is literally my only goal to teach my son Mm. and it is the one goal the one lesson and i'll probably repeat it until he's 30 or 40 because it's going to take that long to sink in but it is the ability to be wrong uh mm -hmm. that's a good one that's a really good one it will it will serve you through your entire life you will be able to grow your career. You will be able to have successful relationships. You will be able to have friends. You will be able to have success. You will be able to do literally everything and anything that you want. People will love you and hang out with you if you can just have the ability to be wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you are, mm-hmm. but you have the ability to be. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I, I've mentioned this before on this podcast at some point, which I'm sure all our fans remember exactly that moment. Uh, <laughs> they have but, it noted down on yeah, their yeah. notebooks like at fans, this exact time plural. yeah they have every word we've said verbatim at a certain time code uh, but now I, I've said this before and I've said it to many people is that one of my favorite traits in people is when they can admit when they're wrong because it says so much about a person to me it's like okay you're not stubborn you're trying to be honest you're, you're trying to be objective about things and that means at least you're, you're not going to be an arrogant person or again, like it just, it's nothing but good news. Like, Oh, good. Like, thank you. And I, I agree with everything you just said. That's awesome advice. And, and that's also probably one of the hardest things to yes. do Yep, is admit that you're wrong just because when that time comes and you do realize that you're wrong, it is the very last thing you want to do is admit it. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what scenario it's in, whether it's at work mm-hmm. or it's at home, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Well, the worst and one is when you're all by yourself. <laughs> yeah you're like maybe I'm this wrong. is not good yeah <laughs> i am in trouble i've got two thumbs and i'm pointing at the guy who screwed this all up <laughs> yeah i think that again that just comes down to i mean may, maybe this is all tied together with just basic wisdom which is i, I think a lot of people that are probably i i think it's like in a cliche that people that are generally wise if you will are usually the ones that say that they don't know or they won't jump to conclusions about things. They'll be the first ones to say, I really don't know what the answer is. I'm just telling you what I think. Other than that, I, I simply just, yeah, I gotta, I don't know. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot to say for that. Um, and speaking of which, I wanted to like another general question, which is like, what would be like a life lesson for general education? We've been talking about like working smart, but what would be like a something we could apply that to like education? Because again, going back to our roots and our family, they valued education, but I don't think they valued it as much as we probably should have. It's no slide on them, but I think it's... I'll give you an example. My my mom would be the kind of person where it's like, hey, what's this B? Yeah, what's this B on this report card? Whereas my dad would be like, you got a C? All right, let's go to Baskin Robbins. And yeah, you, you pass. That's technically a pass. That type of thing. You got and, through it. Yeah, again, that's like the... There's a dichotomy there a little bit. Uh and it's not necessarily like you have to get straight A's in order to be successful. So I'm kind of like wondering, like I was just telling uh, my wife that I, I saw someone post something about how community college always gets a bad rep because it's always like, oh, you go to community college and you didn't get into a university. And I think it's kind of a cliche now to say that like, you know, if you go to college, 
you know, it, you're, you're guaranteed a job. Like, no, no, it's not. Like, that's that's an old. That, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. I was going to say it's an old wives' tale, but it's not true. Uh, it's, old idiom? Yeah, Is that yeah, an idiom? Yeah, yeah, maybe it's an idiom or something like that. But yeah, it's something where it's like, all right, and now thinking if I have a kid coming into the world, what would I tell them about education and the value of that? That's a tough one. It is a tough one. Yeah, I, I'm honestly interested in the answer to this. I don't have an answer <laughs> just because I'm thinking like I was not interested in learning at all mm-hmm. up to when I graduated high school. I just didn't care. I did. I just wanted to pass the class yeah. as well as I could have, and then just move on with my life. Mm-hmm. But I got interested in actual like education and learning when I went when I started going to college. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, I get to choose the classes. Like I get to choose what I want to learn, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like an intro to me being like, oh, this is actually super interesting. Mm-hmm. And like you start to see things in different perspectives and whatever, um, but I don't know how. Like if I went back in time to tell myself, like actually pay attention in like whatever class, uh, I don't know how I could convince myself. Yeah, my younger self. I'm not sure. That's a that's a really good question. I think I think um, Neil deGrasse Tyson has a really good stance on this, which is um, his his whole stance on like educating kids is not so much educating them on like i mean obviously educating them on the sciences but most of all educating them on having a an urge a hunger for learning like teach a kid how to learn right mm-hmm. and that and that's the key i like teach them curiosity I don't know how to do that. Like you said, Joel, like, I don't know what the answer is. Like, I don't know it, but instill curiosity and that will usher them through school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Theoretically. And, and maybe it was, it was a combination or is a combination of, I mean, when you're that young, you get to a point where you're just stubborn mm-hmm. and school is all about basically forcing you to learn these specific topics mm-hmm. that you aren't, don't, don't sound interesting, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, like you said, Luke, that thirst for learning, whatever that topic is, is never root, is never planted. Yeah. And it's never even, it's never even attempted to be planted. <laughs> you, you're just like, you have to learn this and you better enjoy it. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's, how am I going to enjoy this? It's, it's a chore. It's a chore. It's like, you, you have to do this and you have to get good grades. And it's like, okay, but like the why not try and make it fun? Why not try and make it like actually interesting because it is interesting, <laughs> right? Like, right. like it is, it is all interesting stuff. Like you go through high school, you think back like all those topics that you learn. Okay. It could be boring in the day, but like you're learning about these like core fundamentals of like science and literature and all this stuff. Like all that stuff is amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you can instill that curiosity, I mean, you're golden. I think a, a lot of it is about being powerful. Hmm. How so? Yeah, in what way? So being curious is the kind of how, but being powerful is, is the why. So the more you know, the more you learn, the more options become available when you're making decisions. And the more options you have, the more power you control. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. like power over your own life kind of a thing. Like yeah. power over. Well, yeah, each, I think each subject kind of plays into it in a different way, right? Like um, history, you understand why people made decisions that they made. You may not necessarily understand what they're going to make or the decision they're going to make in the future, but it will help you understand the possible decisions that they will probably make in the future. So you're going to understand like why somebody is going to make or do something that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, math is going to tell you, um, whether that was right or not likely. Um, you know, English is going to be able to help you communicate or, uh, understand history, mm-hmm. uh, or communicate with people. Um, you know, I think one of the, there's a couple classes that were not taught. I'm assuming when we were all kids, uh, that should have been taught when we were kids. And one of those is finance. Yes. Um, Balancing a checkbook. Preach it, buddy. 
preach it. Holy mackerel. How did, how does, how is that not a class at the beginning of every child's life? Like, Hey, guess what? You're going to go out into this world and this is a dollar. (laughs) You're going to have to learn how to use this. Yeah. Right. To do things. I, Uh, so I, I work for a financial institution and I think I've talked about this on this podcast before. But like we, so as part of our community outreach programs, we actually go out to schools and do this type of teaching. We do these webinars and seminars mm-hmm. on like basic savings and, and like how a bank works and how a checking account works and how, a auto lo- how to get an auto loan, how does credit work, mm-hmm. all these things. We do this for like middle school all the way through college. And I'm not kidding you, the gambit, the entire spectrum from middle school to college, find these workshops so valuable. Mm-hmm. Every single kid in these workshops are like, this is the best thing ever. Super useful. And they ask questions. They're, every single one of them is engaged. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's sad. It's like, make this a class. It would be the easiest thing in the world to make this a class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, this is actually an, uh, a prime example where I can actually remember specifically something my dad did tell us. He gave us some wisdom, which is, uh, he, he used to tell Cody and I this. He's always he's like the one thing I tell you about school is take a business class. That literally was verbatim what he would say. Now, granted, that's a little vague. What do you mean business class? Like that that could be and there's not like you know sign up for business you know one on one you know like I don't know where to find that. But as far as I, I know what he means, which is understanding the financials, how do you make more money, how do you work smart, all the things we've been talking about. And how do you not go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Where literally like understand like you said. It's the, I mean, we've heard this a thousand times, the, the kids that complain, like, when am I going to use this? And I think there is a valid point when they claim these things. And I'm not knocking certain things that you do learn in, say, public school, which is, I think, what we all went, we all went through public school. Um, and everybody always talks about, you know, education reform. Everybody always talks about it. But I think it's just like a universal thing, like, like you said, Jesse. Like, I, I don't understand why that is not a fundamental thing you should learn. It's like so key to living and to being successful is learning how finances work. Like, well, how come yeah. it's not a requirement to know how to like open a bank account? I understand. Like you should know how to do this or like how, it, how or if how, there's a zero balance in it that they're going to charge you $5 over and 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 over. Exactly. Like, <laughs> how useful would it have been if we did a whole semester just on like the Nasdaq, like how yeah, the yeah. stock market works. Like here, here's when you would be probably selling. Here's when you would be, you know, buying, you know, here's what, how much dividends this one gives you. That's all stuff like we learned post high school. It's all not right, so required to like be a functioning human. I've shared this I'm with still, Luke. I'm still I, learning I that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Luke, Luke and I have talked about this a little bit. One of the things that I'm going to do for my kid is uh, he's going to get allowance in stocks. Mm-hmm. So he can... <laughs> He can, he has to buy the stock. So he's going to pick them. I'm not going to like tell him what to, to pick. He's going to have to like pour over them mm-hmm. and, um, whatever those stocks make, he can take out. So if I give him a dollar and he earns 60 cents, he can take the 60 cents out if he wants to. All right. But if he leaves it in the next time he, you know, gets a bump, it's going to be higher. So the incentive is essentially to leave the money in because mm-hmm. it's going to be generating more money. But the also, I'm hoping to incentivize him to learn how to constantly get more from his allowance. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So, you know, every week maybe I give him, gosh, in today's money, I guess it'll be like 10 bucks, but you know, you figure out a stock that you can buy, you know, what, what is interesting to you? You know, is it Pixar because you like, you know, movies? Is mm-hmm. it Disney? Cause you like, you know, Marvel, mm-hmm. whatever it is, figure out what you like buy into it and then learn everything about that, that company and that stock. Does it pay a dividend? Is it a growth stock? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you, what are you predicting for next week? You know, trying to, to incentivize that constant right. watching of, of his investment and his money. Mm-hmm. I won't ever take away the seed, but again, like if it goes down, he doesn't get anything. Mm-hmm. If it goes up, anything that's above his seed, he can take out if he wants to. Yeah. And I think like what Joel was mentioning too, like, the challenge of that, especially when they're younger, is like, how do you convince them that this is really valuable information? Because 
they might just look, I mean, like I, we were, we've all been kids before, of course. And we all remember what it was like, like the, the last thing we wanted to talk about was finances. It's the most yep. boring thing. All we wanted to do was play GoldenEye N64 <laughs> and shoot each other on multiplayer. That's the only thing we wanted to do or, you know, like whatever, like go drink soda and play. That's the only thing that's like awesome. But you're like, guys, there's a time for fun and you should enjoy your childhood. And those are all very valuable things. There's no denying that. But there's also a time of like, listen, guys, I'm telling you, you will only benefit yourself later if you do this instead. I'm telling you, <laughs> like, just trust me on this. Uh, that's, it's hard to make that stick because, like Joel said, how do you convince a kid where the only thing you're thinking about in a economics class is, like, if that girl likes me or not? Like, right. I think you're asking the age-old question, Dylan. I mean, I, you know, this is this is the question of the ages. Like, I feel like our parents probably had the same question in their head, and they're like, mm-hmm. I know, I know what makes a successful human. Mm-hmm. But, like, how do you convey that to another, to a child? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that. I right. know. Because I, 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 I know we, go ahead. We've been told by our parents a billion times when we were in school, like, oh, it's important to get good grades because it'll help you later in life. Mm-hmm. That, they just like quoted that every month, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. But it never stuck or it never uh, like stuck. It was just like, whatever. Like I, that's my, that's future self's problem. Mm-hmm. I don't care right now. Uh, there's, so there's an interesting, that's a, that's a really awesome quote that you just quoted, Joel. Cause I, so I follow Adam Savage uh, from the Mythbusters, mm-hmm. like right. I, I, I am a huge fan of his. Um, he has a channel tested, tested, um, and that's a big thing of his. Mm-hmm. And it, and it not not so much in the terms of like education, but he 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 talks about it in terms of like a project or mm-hmm. like um, something in his shop or something like that. Like you want to be a you want to be kind to your future self always Mm -hmm. and i think that that's another life lesson be kind to your future self right like and he puts it in terms of like something as simple as putting something away where Mm -hmm. it's supposed to go Mm -hmm. i mean that's easy right like you put you you have something you use it and a lot of times you don't want to put it away you just like lay it somewhere like lose it or whatever Mm-hmm. But when you go to get that thing in the future, the worst thing in the world is to go into that drawer or wherever you usually put it and it's not there. And you're just like, son of a, like, <laughs> why, where did I put this thing? And it, you're like, I'm, you're kicking yourself because yeah. you didn't put it away. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like, it's, that's like a, such a wise thing, right? Like when it's in your mind, do it, do it not so much for today but do it for tomorrow and it's always going to pay off always even though it's like the most boring thing in the world you don't want to do it 100 percent, but like do it just do it yeah it's easy you know absolutely yep i still haven't learned that because there are still dirty dishes in the sink right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah well the dishes never end that's a rotating schedule so (laughs) There's no investment when it comes to dishes. I'm sorry, Joel. <laughs> you just have to keep doing that for the rest of your life. <laughs> I, I feel like there is, you know, some investment. Yeah, because like we all did chores, and I, I've always wondered, you know, like what, like Jesse mentioned, you know, what would be the incentive to teach my kid to do better at a chore? Like if I'm paying him a certain allowance, like to wash the car, you know, like what what could incentivize him to make a little bit more? You know, like how do you gauge that? Because it's really challenging. You know, obviously, I, I imagine that the tasks of being a parent are uh, very overwhelming. Uh, but I do know, like I, I was thinking about this the other day, is that I don't know what the rules are of how to raise a kid successfully or whatnot. But I will say that if I do know of one rule, like that there's one thing I can say that I know for sure, like this is like the prerequisite to be a good parent. It's to make sure your kids are abundantly aware that you love them consistently. Like no matter what, like, like that is like the core fundamental rule is that you make sure that they are very much aware. I don't know what that means. I mean, that's very vague. What I'm saying is, I mean, like define love, you know, we could be here all day about that. But as far as just like making it very much aware that you love them and you care about them. It if comes you- into play later. Um, I, I just, I just had this scenario play mm-hmm. out today in the mm-hmm. last couple of days. I'll tell a story. So, um, 
Ellie's been, uh, Ellie's my daughter. She's mm-hmm. been doing uh, little video classes with her, like daycare, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, once a week. Yeah. And they had a little science experiment, which was uh, vinegar and baking soda. Mm-hmm. And they had the laptop, vinegar, baking soda, and Ellie kept playing with the glass. She kept, like, poking at it. My wife was like, stop poking at that. It's going to tip. Mm-hmm. So she purposefully tipped it over. Mm-hmm. Tipped over onto wife's laptop. Ugh. No fun. The entire glass spilled onto her laptop. Right? So now comes punishment time. Mm-hmm. Now she's mm-hmm. going to be four. Mm-hmm. So punishment is like, uh, it's an interesting concept, right? Because mm-hmm. she doesn't quite grasp it a hundred percent, but it it has it has to come with a lot of explanation. This is why you're punished. This is why you're being punished. This is what your punishment is. Um, you don't get to do the things that you want to do, basically. So the last two days, she hasn't gotten any TV, any screen time, not, none of that. She hasn't been able to play with anybody, anything. Um, and we keep reminding her of that. So she's been moping around. Well, I see her moping around, walking around with her head hung and I called her in. I was like, Ellie, come in here. I was like, I got to tell you this. I was like, you know, mommy and daddy love you Mm -hmm. and we love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care how much trouble you get into. You're still, you're still, we love you. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, right? And she's like, okay, okay. Like, I don't even know if she gets it or not. But mm-hmm. to your point, Dylan, like, that comes as an urge to me. Like, I have to tell her that because mm-hmm. I can see that she's bummed out. Mm-hmm. Even though she's in trouble, <laughs> I have to, like, I have to set that baseline, right? Yeah, of, like, yeah. you're not going to fall below this. Yeah. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get to that level where I hate you or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just part of that, like, natural, like, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not going to throw you to the wolves or anything like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you're in trouble still. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's just like, again, like I said before, that has to be the at least one. I, there's got to be more requirements somewhere, but we could debate those all day long. But I feel like this is like a universal thing we can all agree on. Just make sure your kids are aware that you love and care about them. And it doesn't mean like one day you tell them that. It's like you have to do that forever. Every day. Yeah, every day. Like, you have to essentially make it a very big point to them. And it's not going to be perfect, but you just got to make sure that, especially early on in the early years, that they're very aware of that. Do you agree with me, Jesse? Or are you like, no, dude, I'm going to hate on my son? (laughs) No, I was just dreading the fact that I'd ever have to punish Booker. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, how old is Booker? Uh, He's he's six months as of May 1st. Whoa. Six months old, man. How's it been? Because I'm gearing up for that. Uh,. Awesome. If you have uh, a partner who is staying home, taking care of uh, the child 24 seven, um, I can't imagine um, what it would be like if you did not have that. Hmm. Um, Still working that out. Uh, we have a lot of family support nearby, especially her family. Her family's like, please bring them by every day. We're like, okay, well, well, if, yeah, if you have family nearby, that's golden. Yeah. Uh, I, we do work. not. Um, we have some family that randomly shows up. Uh, we don't know who they out. are. They're just strangers. Yeah, just strangers. They claim their family. Yeah, they claim their family. Uh, but uh, my dad is not like I love my dad dearly, and like I said, he probably shares a lot with uh, with Ray. But he's also not uh, like a. You can't just leave a kid with him. <laughs> Some he's gonna parents be like, are better equipped. He's than just going to like hold it out there and be like, uh, "What do I do? What do I do with this? Do I do with this? <laughs> What's happening? Can yeah. I golf with this? Is this? Yeah. Can I just put it? What do I? What do I do with it? Where's the stand? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's something where, like, weirdly enough, I know my uh, wife's parents. We could leave them with the baby, and they would be all right. Uh, but my both my mom and my dad, it's been so long that I'm like, I think we got to test the waters before we feel comfortable <laughs> leaving you with them because it literally has been like 20 years. You guys know what you're doing, you know that type of things. So. Yeah, that's a good thing to to check on because <laughs> Luke can probably attest to this. Our our uh, shared family members are mm-hmm. sometimes you got to make sure that they know what they're doing when uh, you leave your child with them. Well, I think uh, you know. To be fair, I think we waited a solid six months or so before we 
actually left the kid with anybody for like an extended period of time. I think it was like a solid six months before, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, I mean, we were there mm-hmm. for the first several months. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, obviously that comes naturally. Like you get to the point where it's just like, you feel more comfortable. You're like, okay, the kid can like, obviously the kid's not going to like, roll over onto his face and like smother himself or something, you know, like there's like yeah, weird yeah. things that you kind of get a sense for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's a good point. Suffice to say, I would not leave him with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the not, story. He's got to be a little bit older, yeah. a little bit older. Got to be a sit on the couch and watch sports with him. And there you go. Then, then we're good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, I think we might be running out of time on this one. But before we leave, I would just want to know Cody's thoughts on anything. We've heard from pretty much everybody but Cody. Let's, what do you I think, think about just kids, trading Cody? crypto this whole time? You know, yeah. <laughs> Broke. Cody's a big advocate <laughs> for crypto. I'm outing you again on something else. Yeah. How's crypto like doing? It. doing? It's doing okay today. Yeah. Which, which crypto? There's like Bit, a Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. Sorry. Bitcoin. All right. Yeah. It's, it's supposed uh, to be dividing soon. It's an emotional roller coaster, um, <laughs> but the best thing is to just you know put your money in and walk away and don't look at it for ten years. It's, a, it's up about three percent today. Years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. It's Cody, crazy. did you buy any of the small ones like Ripple? Uh, I, I've bought other ones, but not Ripple. Actually, I think I did a long time ago, but I sold it. Um, but yeah, I have others like uh, Litecoin, Ethereum. Uh, Lisk, Iota, bunch of those. I only have Litecoin and Ethereum. Hmm. Yeah, uh, those are good ones. Didn't get those into Bitcoin, solid. huh? Those are the blue chips. <laughs> I did not get into Bitcoin. Uh, I actually gave a talk on Bit Bitcoin uh, in 2003, and they did Whoa. not take my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> I said everybody here should take $100 in cash and buy some Bitcoin, and then I didn't do it. And if I had... <laughs> Man, let's not a, talk about how yo, I would be right dude. now. Yeah, I was say, that's a sore subject. <laughs> I literally what, what I gave a that? talk to like 60 boomers. <laughs> like, uh, you guys know, like Lions Club and Elks Club, like all those old social clubs. Yeah, yeah. So I gave a talk at Exchange Club to like 60 boomers about Bitcoin and how it all worked and how the whole thing mm-hmm. functions. And then I said, everybody here should have like 100 bucks. You guys can all spare 100 bucks. Buy some Bitcoin, and then if the zombies attack, you can like buy stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't buy. Oh man! <laughs> and they're all and they're all filthy rich now. Payment. <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact number. Somebody can probably run it now, but it was like in the hundreds. It depre- It was super depressing. Like if I yeah. if I had just spent hundred dollars, I would have not had to do a whole lot now. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like when Bitcoin started, it was like thirteen bucks or something like that, or like it was like hovering the hundreds for like a while, or like the low, you know, fifties yeah, or like something. Like it was in the pennies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was definitely in the. Oh God, hundred bucks worth, and then now it's at uh, what nine thousand nine thousand three hundred, roughly. Don't rub it in Jesse's face. <laughs> no, I'm seeing if I can look it up right now. It's nine thousand two hundred ninety eight on on Robinhood. Yeah, but what was what would it would it what would it have been in two thousand three when I would have bought it for hundred bucks? <laughs> no what would that be now? Free. Yeah, it'll be free. <laughs> Zero dollars. <laughs> Oh God, that's horrible. it. Was harder to buy back then too. It wasn't as easy. Yeah, as it is I wouldn't now. have known even if like if I was the age I was now and had like a little more sense of money. I I wouldn't have known how to buy Bitcoin back in the day. Let alone I would I have done that. I think anybody who did that was it was pure speculation. So I will I will yeah, say I got about eighty percent of the way through the process, and it was hours. And at one point, I just literally was like, this is taking too long. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't worth $3 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, if future self could have come back and been like, whoosh, right on the back yeah. of the head, been yeah. like, you figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that certainly is one of those stocks where, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot we could go back in time for. But at least in our lifetime, that's one, I guess it's not technically a stock. But if an investment, we can go back in, like... Uh, you probably should buy at this point. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I right? mean, I, yeah, I, like what? Like, it's so difficult to to say though because yeah, you couldn't you, do it. You, you, I mean, realistically, you would have bought it for a hundred bucks, and then would it hit? Like, if you started at pennies, when it hit a hundred dollars, you would have been like, sell, sell, sell. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. This is and very then, true. And then here it is at ten thousand dollars, and you're like, what? Right. Why did I yeah. do that? Or when it peaked at like Je- twenty. Jesse. Yeah. Jesse just lived uh, the the alternative Back to the Future two, where Biff just throws away the sports. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Or oh, actually, man. what would have probably happened to me back? I don't remember. Was it? It would have been. Would have been after. I don't remember what year it was, but. I probably would have lost it. I probably, if I had bought it back then, I think you had to save it on a thumb drive. It, there was not like an Jeez. online place to save it. And I guarantee I would have lost it. Yeah. Right. And I would have been one of those people with like, oh, I've got like millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. hitting somewhere on this thumb drive if I could just find this thumb drive. <laughs> it's like losing a lottery ticket. Like it's in here somewhere, you know, type of thing. Which yeah. is probably worse. You know, like yeah. that you had yeah. bought it and you did have it in your possession and now you yeah. lost it and you're... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, worse. Painful. Anyway. All right. Well, I think we're out of time, but uh, thank you, Jesse, for coming on board. We'll have to do this again. Uh, we'll have yeah. to talk about something that's uh, maybe a little more lighthearted. This was a deep, emotional a roller coaster. conversation. I know. We were getting like really intense about these things, but uh, next time we'll do something a little more uh, fun. Let's do, let's do that. So you're a fun guy, and we like to talk about fun stuff. We don't have to be so serious. Supposedly. <laughs> That's what I... Supposedly. <laughs> we can talk about why Army of Darkness wasn't named the Medieval Dead. This is true. Okay. We can talk about that. Is it that. medieval That's, or medieval? Give you a whole episode. The whole episode. <laughs> a whole episode devoted just to that. I, gu- I guarantee you there's a podcast out there that's there's probably a thousand podcasts about army of darkness right now yeah uh, yeah just like there was anything else uh all right well any, anyway thank you everybody out there for watching listening of course subscribe to our youtube channel if you're there or check us out on soundcloud itunes facebook twitter and instagram we're busy all the time but uh i guess until next time uh uh work smart take our advice <laughs> practice yeah. practice 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 yes that is true practice 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 perfect are we talking about practice is that where too yeah alan iverson yeah there we go all right well thank you everybody all right bye yay see you